This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit bbqguru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at tastylicksbbq.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by Green Mountain Grills. Discover something you'll really, really love. Grilling with pellets. Green Mountain Pellet Grills are the top of the line. Best of the best, but not the highest in price. And be sure to check out all of their flavor rubs, sauces, and pellets for the Green Mountain Grill all on their website. Visit GreenMountainGrills.com to peruse the entire product's portfolio. And buy Barbecuer's Delight Wood Pellets. Two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood giving you that perfect combination of BTU burn and sweet, succulent smoke you're looking to get all over your meat. A wide variety of flavors, so please go to the website to check it out and get yours today. Barbecuer's Delight, which is bbqrsdelight.com. Hey, this is Helen Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Really big barbecue central show. Central Lights, how's your life? This is the show that talks about all things important, important, important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. And I am happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. By the way, my name is Greg Rempe. I'm your humble host. And uh, we get together each and every week talking about live fire stuff. That's pretty much the benefit of the show. That's why you join in. That's why you could potentially call in if you wanted to do that. 
You can do it one of two ways. Uh, calling in, well, you can really do one way with a phone, whether it be cellular, mobile, landline, what have you, 877 You can also email the show if you want to, greg at com. Those are your best two ways to get in touch with the show. Now, if you watch the live video feed over on OutdoorCookingChannel.com, uh, evidently there was some type of technical difficulty there leading up to the show tonight, but that must be ironed out now because it looks like we got a decent crowd on hand right now. If for some reason it drops video-wise and you need to hear the end of the show, which I would always recommend be the case, just hop right on over to the Barbecue Central uh, website, the BBQCentralShow.com, and just pick up the audio stream right there, and you'll be good to go. So just an FYI in case something happens during the show tonight. But we don't really anticipate that. Here's what's happening tonight in case you uh, didn't get the newsletter, which, again, you can get at the website, the bbqcentralshow.com at the top right. Sign up there. Still a number of spots left. About 12 minutes from now, Sterling Ball from Big Papa Smokers will be joining us. He is putting together or has put together and is now promoting a very large invitational competition uh, he, again, as I just said, first timer to the show, so we'll get a little background on him, see what he's up to. Kind of a unique background, uh, not necessarily steeped in barbecue tradition, but uh, like a sponsor of the show, steeped in the musical side of business. You get on Google, you start doing research and prep work on your guests, like a lot of people that have other barbecue talk shows don't bother to do at all. And you realize you're dealing with an individual that's even more interesting that you uh, had even thought to, to, to begin with so um sterling has ties to the music industry i believe it's uh, guitar strings and maybe building bass guitars and stuff like that so uh quite a unique background how does that transition into the barbecue world well uh, sterling will be there to talk to us about that as a bent and uh, some other things as time avails itself 35 past the hour we'll dedicate that segment to september 11th 11 years to the day the towers were taken away from us. A plane was flown into the Pentagon. Uh, there was a plane that didn't make it to its intended destination that was out in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. And uh, many thousands of people lost their lives. And obviously, September 11th carries a big part in this show. Um, I never want to see that be forgotten in the annals of history. Uh, so we will spend a good 16, 17 minutes on that. And if you want to jump in, recount your experience with it, uh, your ties to it, what you think 11 years down the road, what it means to you, what it doesn't mean to you, whatever. We'll talk about it. Second hour, we will close out the competition. Pork butt. Well, we'll comp- close down the competition roundtable styles of show with the only category that's left pork and the first two guys that I was able to chase down real easy, but the third spot was hard to fill, and luckily I was able to grab a very interesting and full of personality cook who happens to be pretty damn good when it comes to pork as well, uh, Mo Quezon from Ponderosa Barbecue. Check a look. Repping the shirt tonight, by the way. Dave Bosco from Butcher Barbecue is joining us for the panel, and Danny Kugel from Pitbulls Up in Smoke will round out. So there you go. Uh, Ernie Ball guitar strings. That's right, Sylvie Curry. That's uh, that's Sterling's dad. So big. You don't know guitar strings. I mean, that's kind of like uh, one of the biggest names ever in the industry. So that's what's happening for your one hour and your two hours during the show tonight. Strap in. All right. Survey Tuesday questions. Here we go. 
What's the most disappointing restaurant you ever ate at? Doesn't have to be barbecue related. It could just be any restaurant whatsoever. My wife weighing in saying McDonald's, most disappointing restaurant. So we have answer one right off the instant, more than instant chat right there. That's not that's not a restaurant. Never mind. Uh, so go ahead and answer that. Question number two. A lot of you people are in the smartphone era. What's your favorite best app on your smartphone as it sits right now? Interested to hear that. Question number three. Uh, I am not a huge proponent of what one would refer to as reality television. There was a show out there called Call of the Wild Man, and the question is this, kook or cool? You answer. Wife weighing in right now saying cool. Give me my answers in a second. Huh? So there you go. Most disappointing restaurant you ever ate at. Best app on your smartphone right now. And Call of the Wild Man, kook or cool? There's a great app out there. I talked about it two weeks ago called TuneIn Radio. This isn't like my most favorite app, but they're kind of related to what I was just talking about. Uh, if you have any platform of smartphone, you are able to get this for free app. It's called TuneIn Radio. You download it. It's, again, free. You can search Barbecue Central. This station will show up. Boom. You can listen to the show live every Tuesday, and then you can also listen to back episodes off hours from the live show. It's always on. Again, it's free on any platform. The iOS, which is Apple, Android, RIM, which is BlackBerry. Get the app $0.00 after tax and never miss the show again. And get replays of shows when you're bored doing nothing, uh, sitting in a car or in church or whatever the case may be. Uh, we're still working on the uh, securing the, the fourth person for the Around the Pit segment. That may or may not die at this point because it's been a number of weeks since I've been able to, to get that fourth or fifth person to latch on to. So I'm still hopeful. I think that segment has some merit to it. Uh, email coming in from Sean Rice, meet me. Uh, just wanted to see if you could mention something for me on the show. Uh, I'm looking to feature a barbecue team that is going to the Kansas City, Ro uh, I'm sorry, the American Royal Barbecue Competition. Uh, looking to cover them from start to finish, from the day they start packing to leave and to the day that they get back to the day they get back. Now there is a caveat here. And that would be they must live, they must be leaving from Southern California. I'm looking to travel with them in their vehicle and stay with them the entire competition. I plan on doing video and stills for the blog. I have a sleeping bag and a tent. I just need a place to stay to keep my gear and cover for the event. For those who are interested, please contact Sean by emailing him meetmeblog, meetmeblog at gmail.com or on Twitter at meetmeblog. So if you are leaving out of Southern California and you're going to the American Royal Competition and you want Sean, in essence, to hitchhike and live free off of you, give him a call. Meet, like beef, M-E-A-T. Meet me blog, M-E-A-T, meet me blog. You're welcome, Sean, for free promotion. Son of a bitch. Um, call me Dave, uh, obviously, I'm not calling you tonight from Butcher Barbecue, but maybe we can talk tomorrow. Dave, on the heels of unveiling something else where he is always trying to keep his customers satisfied. So um, I was at uh, softball practice, Dave. Uh, I like, literally just got in here and we're racing onto the air. So 
Um, look forward to that. Dave always has something up his sleeve. Uh, this is certainly nothing different. There was a local uh, or Sam's Club local qualifier that took place in Laurel, Maryland this past weekend. 27 teams showed up for this one. There's a 30-team capacity, so this one didn't fill out all the way. Number one, grand champion, sponsor of the show, the Barbecue Guru, Bob Trudnak, continuing his winning ways. Hog It Up Barbecue took second. Jokers and Smokers third. Dizzy Pig, Chris Capel, took fourth. Uh, the Super Red Hot Three Eyes Barbecue. Wait, Three Eyes Barbecue Heavy. Did I read that right? Well, I know that's Three Eyes Barbecue. Not sure what the heavy is. And uh, of course, the top six go. So in sixth place, moving on to the regional round, Brown Liquor Barbecue. Brown Liquor Barbecue. I like that lick. No, Brown Liquor. Not brown liquor. Right. No, liquor. Like the... Nothing like that. Oh, my goodness. Now, these teams, along with 24 other local qualifiers, head to Chesapeake, Virginia, this coming weekend to compete in the regional round. The top 10 there move to the finals in Bentonville, Arkansas, October 13th. Stay tuned for that. Very excited. I've had a duct tape take... Locked and loaded for two weeks. I just can't ever get to it. I'll get to it someday. Believe me. All right. So what do we talk about on the show? You, you live in a secluded area. There's not a lot of barbecue places to go to get your tools, cookbooks, chunks, and chips, cookbooks. What are you going to do? Well, you're either going to go without or you're going to go online. What's the problem with going online? Number one, there is... Significant amounts of porno online. Got to stay away from that. Maybe not all. But you know there's scammers out there. There's creeping marauders around each and every turn on the internet. So you're a little apprehensive. Let me help you take the fear out of all your internet buying purchases, at least when it comes to the barbecue and grilling side of things. Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply out of uh, tropical Shillington, Pennsylvania is here for you. All of the items that they have on their website, in stock, guaranteed, ready to ship to you directly. Now, there might be some other places on the interwebs that you can buy an item for cheap. Perhaps, maybe not, but perhaps. Are you 100% confident you're actually going to get what you pay for? How long is it going to take for it to get to you? Maybe somebody has sold it for a great price. They don't even have it in stock because they haven't found it for a better price, so they can make some money in between and give it to you. Screw that. Deal with Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply and take all that fear away. Tasty Licks carries grills, smokers, ceramic cookers, electric cookers, various charcoal types, wood chunks, chips, cookbooks, accessories. If they don't have it, you don't need it. And on top of all of that, Fred and the gang carry many of the other show sponsors right there in the store. They're almost doing like this two-for-one, shopping at a sponsor, buying other sponsors' products. Best of both worlds, no doubt about it. Don't forget that Tasty Licks carries their own line of barbecue rubs and sauces as well got to try those so head on over to tastylicksbbq.com and let the confidence exude from your very fingertips as you make your online purchases then enjoy the items upon delivery once again they're in stock ready to ship to you and don't forget that fred and the gang are there to help you after the sale as well so if you think you're a big smarty pants you realize you're an idiot like me after you get it you're gonna be screwed because you don't have to set it up lob a call to fred you're good to go with help after the sale tastylicksbbq.com that's tastylicks bbq.com doing very well on the competition circuit i might add spending tens of thousands of dollars for plastic trophies and seven or eight hundred dollars in return 
best ROI ever. Never. We're coming back with Sterling Ball, Big Papa Smokers. You're listening to Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Network. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Back 14 past the hour. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. I, I think on the website I'm gonna post all the links to the songs that I have on the show. I get a lot of email each and every week about what's this bumper song, what's that bumper song. Getting a lot on this one specifically. Danko Jones, Lover Call. Find it, you'll love it. Kick-ass bass riff right there. Right, my first guest tonight is a competitive barbecue cook. He sells cookers and also puts together barbecue competitions. He is a first-timer to the show, so let's go ahead and race over to the hotline and grab pitmaster of Big Papa Smokers, Sterling Ball, joining me here on the show. Sterling, how are you, buddy? Hi, how are you doing, Greg? Doing absolutely fantastic, Sterling, and I appreciate you making time for the show tonight. Uh, I guess before... Yeah, you got a nice green room here. A nice green room? Yeah, all these appetizers and stuff. Oh, well, uh, you know, we try and keep it uh, horrifically professional on here on the show. Uh, I'm impressed. <laughs> well, thank you. All right, so look, Sterling, you're first-timer to the show. If uh, people aren't exactly familiar with who you are, uh, maybe a little background on you. And, of course, you know, how, how does this whole barbecue thing infect you? And uh, is it something that you, you've always been into, or did you get into it a little bit later in life? Um, my background is a guitar business. Um, a company called Ernie Ball, and then we make guitars called Music Man Guitars. And I'm always cook. And it's funny, I bought a Prager, and I said, wait, I can fix men here, because men are supposed to be able to barbecue. Right. And most guys can't, and I'm good. They uh, no direct flame, so I decided to start a business. And it was making videos and uh, forums and I hooked up with Mac and I think I have the second Mac ever made and kind of took off and running. So if I could backtrack just for a second, I mean, you're, you're, you're in the music business and, you know, from all accounts from, I was kind of doing my uh, research. Uh, I mean, uh, the, the Ernie Ball line of, uh, of strings is really one of the, the most highest regarded. And then of course you got into the guitar making, how does it, how does the transition go from being you know very successful in that industry and then working over into barbecue? Well, it's not a transition. I just don't sleep much. I still do both. <laughs> well, so uh, ball screens, uh, every third of a second, somebody buys one and we sell them in 110 foreign countries. And the Beatles use them. The Stones still do. Hendrix and John Mayer and just about anybody. I was the number one one for guitar string. 
And, uh, you know, it's, it's been an exciting business. I still love it. My kids are very involved now. And Big Papa Smokers was just something I wanted to do. And it was funny how many of my friends said, what are you doing? What are you trying to prove? And I said, I'm just having fun. Ernie, I don't or Ernie, jeez, pardon me, Strong, I don't want to tell you what to do, but forget it. Get some sleep and uh, stick with the strings. Get out of this non-sleep business of competition barbecue. Oh, my goodness. All right, uh, Sterling Ball joining me here on the show. BigPapaSmokers.com is the website. Uh, if you haven't been over there, go ahead and check it out. Uh, when did you decide to get into the competition side of things, Sterling? It was an accident. The guys at the factory would bring the smokers over that I was buying. Some woman, they said, hey, we're going to go compete. And I said, well, you guys are going to get crushed. And so they brought a keg of beer, a case of Jameson's, and five drums. And they came in second in ribs out of 55 teams, so figured they had it made. Uh-oh. So they went to the next comp with two kegs and two cases of Jameson. <laughs> and I guess they thought the judges had it in for them. <laughs> and so I went and visited them, and so I sort of took over. And not really took over, it's a great team. And we started uh, getting pretty serious about it. Now, how long ago was that? When was the first competition you ever got into? My first competition was three years ago. All right, three years ago. And then how long have you been doing, um, is it kind of hand and foot with the the barbecue selling side of the business through the website and then the smokers and all that other stuff? Yeah, we have pelletsmoking.com, which is a really uh, fun pellet. Also, I'm with a lot of great cooks on it. Um, I have drumsmoking.com, Big Papa Smokers. Um, we put on Johnny Big classes, which are really fun. In fact, I'm going to announce one now right after Havison, September 1st and 2nd. It's already sold out, though, the Pitmaster's effect. We sell the Screw Branch Wagyu to all the barbecue teams and Oh, it's got a lot, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, Sterling Ball joining me here on the show. So when you have, you know, this many online presences, you're trying to, you know, there's not a lot of people that I guess will do both sides of the fence. They're not, you know, an active barbecue business. Uh, you know, you're selling a bunch of different cookers. You have your own lines of rubs and sauces, which we'll get into here in just a little while. Um, but then you're also out there competing as well and, and trying to get that brand out. Is, is it hard to kind of... I don't want to say play both sides of the fence, but do both and be successful at both, or is one kind of helping the other out? No, you know what? I probably wouldn't compete except for I like the people so much. And especially out here in California, we just have a great group of uh, guys get together and gals, and it's just a blast. It's great camaraderie. I think that's one of the biggest things that people say over and over again throughout uh, barbecue is the fact that you know it's it's really the people, or it seems to always tie back to how great the people are. So you know, a guy in your position who had, I'm sorry, little feedback there. Sorry about that. Um, the so I, I guess you know when you're when you're doing all of this, maybe the next best idea ever would be to go ahead and, and do a barbecue competition, which is kind of the, the crux of, of why we're coming in tonight, and you're doing the, the King of the Smokers contest. So if you could kind of tell us a little bit about that event and what it entails. Well, King of the Smokers was something I wanted to do since I wanted the first contest. And it was sort of 
you know, getting the, the great cooks, the up and coming cooks, the legends together for a big purse, but kind of having a little hook. And so, even though I sell, I'm the number one dealer for Mac in Memphis, it's no pellet smoker, no guru, no stoker, uh, no garnish, because I hate garnish. I hate parsley. Um, you got to cook uh, the meat provided to you. It's random. I mean, they'll check in and get a ping pong ball with, their, with a number on it and go to the meat truck and get that. And uh, it's, like I said, 2014 and $50,000 prizes. And it's hosted at the Laquita Resort, which is a five-star resort in uh, California desert. It's a fabulous place. So is it solely because you wanted to see what the best cooks and how they would do, I guess, under similar situations? Or maybe I should even back up out of that. I mean, for being such a, a pro pellet cooker guy, and, uh, you know, there is a question I was going to ask you a little bit later on in the interview. For somebody that is pro-pellet and sells pellet grills, it seems like you are it, it's a huge contradiction for you to not allow pellet cookers and not allow the automatic temperature control devices, which I feel if you're using it on a, on a charcoal-style grill, it's it, that pretty much is a pellet cooker in, in essence. You're both setting temperatures and really not having yeah, to do fire maintenance. But, but, so, so why eliminate part of your, in essence, why eliminate part of your business model? Because, because listen, I love pellet cookers. In fact, I've got some screw branch short ribs and pineapple out on the grill right now um, on, on a Mac. But I think actually in competition, I'm going to prefer stick burners, and I like old school. I mean, we compete on jambos. And I saw Backwoods, I saw Meadow Creek, I saw Hasty Bake, mm-hmm. I saw Onyx. So, I mean, I saw a lot of different lines that aren't black cookers, too. So this is just more of a let's get it back to basics, or, or I guess what a lot of purists would say would be closest to a traditional low and slow style barbecue competitions that... Uh, I guess, in essence, a lot of people are, or a lot of events are getting away from due to the technology that's being allowed into events. Well, you know what? I I just thought it'd be fun to see everybody cook, uh, manning their own pit and uh, cooking the same meat and in, in a very intimate and fun environment. I've got a lot of surprises. I've got a James Beard chef that's going to do a bacon dinner for the comp for the competitors on Friday night. And I got some secret uh, musicians that are going to come and play. So and it's open to the public. And I think that if, if you're a fan of barbecue and smoking, I mean, you've got everybody from Johnny Trigg to Pigskin at this deal. And Chris Lilly's coming, Rod Cray, uh, Tuffy Stone. You know, just I don't know how many GCs we've got in this crew, but it's a lot. <laughs> Sterling Ball joining me here on the show. Um, is this uh, also set up to, to ben anything, benefit anything in particular, or are you just putting it on uh, to have these guys come in and kind of show their wiles? No, no, it benefits the Casey Lee Ball Foundation, which is uh, my family started uh, 18 years ago because my youngest son, Casey, was born with polycystic kidney disease. Actually, he's got my right kidney. He's had 10 operations. Um, oh, he's doing fine now. He actually works in the office of Big Papa smokers, but um, we've funded research now at Seattle Children's, UCLA, Texas Children's, uh, Cincinnati Children's, and a lot of drugs that kids that are transplanted around the world. 
those drugs were brought to market by the Case Ball Foundation. Well, that's We're actually the largest pediatric kidney foundation in the world. Wow. Cool. So uh, definitely going to be benefiting uh, something that's near and dear to you as well. Now, look, i, I got to ask you oh, this yeah. question. You know, I would imagine that with a purse like this, $50,000, there are uh, probably uh, more than enough teams feeling left out or wondering why they weren't invited to this deal. And it's probably like the same teams uh, that are wondering why they never make it on to Pitmasters TV or anything like that. Have you been getting any blowback from teams that thought that, uh, you know, what about me? Why wasn't I included? Well, you know what? Yes, I got some, but but not much because, you know, I, I prefer to look at it when I'm trying to do something different and positive for barbecue. I think I've got a balance of everybody's balance. Uh, everybody's roster would be different, but, you know, I'm writing the check, so I get to do that. That's no hard feeling. Some great teams obviously got left off because there's more than 24 great teams in the country. And, you know, so we had the same experience when we got picked for Pitmasters in Season 2. You know, a lot of a lot of cookers really were upset that we got picked. It's just how it works. And it's an annual event. Believe me, the guys who didn't get picked this year that probably should have. I mean, I can't. It's 24 teams. I mean, I can only invite 24. And it's called the so King. maybe next year or year after and it's called the King of the Smokers. Uh, so this will be the uh, initial event. It'll go on for uh, you know every year after this. Um, when is it going to be again? What are the dates? It's like December seventh. Um, December December seventh and eighth. Yes. December seventh and and again open to the public. Uh, oh, absolutely. All right. So um, and wait, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say, um, aside from this one, have you put together any other contests, or is this your, your first go at, at putting together an actual event? No, but we've, I've, been, I've been promoting events for you know, 30 years. We have the Battle of the Bands, which has 35,000 bands in it. And, you know, we're, we're doing a, a, a contest right now for Clapton, for Crossroads, uh, Madison Square Garden. So uh, a lot of the marketing and stuff that you're seeing in Big Papa Smokers it's pretty much an extension of my career. It's what I've done all my life. So it's just a different venue. All right. So the this particular event is kind of sectioned off to you know meeting certain criteria as far as cookers are concerned and the meats and all that stuff. You know, aside from this particular event that you're doing in general, would you like to see competition barbecue opened up to any style of cooker gas? Electric. Obviously, you have the pellet cookers and the ones that have the gurus and stuff. Should the floodgates be opened? And do you think it would uh, a bastardize what's happening right now with competition barbecue, or do you think it could lend itself and really put it over the top as far as popularity is concerned? Well, I have a lot of uh, early morning discussions with my good meat friend Meathead about this, and he he believes that it, that KCBS is limiting with the stuff and. I'm fine cooking the four meats. And I think one of the biggest problems with competition barbecue is uh, the expense for most of the teams. I think uh, also we really, out here, out west, we have a lot of one-and-done contests where promoters come in, and I think that the cooks need to put on a little better show for the fans. I think they need to serve them a little better barbecue, and I think – they need to make the sponsor want to up their commitment rather than run. Uh, I'd like to see more of the backyard stuff. I'd like to see more Weber, two-meat Weber kettles or drum 
stuff like that that can I get people going. Do you, would you have a problem if they started letting electric cookers and gas cookers in too? Well, I don't have a problem, but I, it's not what I would do if I was the commissioner of KCBS. But I mean, if that's what somebody's comfortable in cooking and feels like they can get a competitive flavor profile, it's, it's not a problem for me. All right, so you know we talked about this a different time during the interview. We're talking with Sterling Ball, BigPapaSmokers dot com is the website. You sell a bunch of different cookers on your website: pellet cookers, the Hasty Bakes, the Backwoods, uh, some of the other ones you had mentioned. You know, I assume that you probably have a lot of folks that ask you what cooker should I buy, especially those that are just getting into it. How do you go about suggesting to people what they should take into consideration for buying their first cooker? What kind of guidance do you give them? Well, first of all, I find out what they want to cook and then how often they want to cook. And that usually, all, um, you know, somebody primarily wants to sear steaks and chops and chicken, I'll steer them towards something more like the Hasty Bake. And if somebody wants a, something that's capable of doing everything, it's usually a pellet drum. And the drum, I think the drum is, uh, you know, we just came out with this kit. I had the engineers in the guitar department. I said, I want you to design airflow. I want you to design the drum kit. I want you to engineer it. And so we've got the kit, and it's $129, and with great instructions. I mean, I think the drum is probably one of my favorite cookers. I mean, if I had to get rid of all of them, which would be hard for me because I seriously have the disease. I have sort of more than I admit to. Uh, but it would probably be a drum. You know, I mean, you, you obviously have a, I mean, you can hear that passion and that excitement in your voice. Uh, you know, you're successful on a you know, completely different industry. You obviously have a passion for cooking. And, you know, I think w- with all the people that know you and kind of know what you're about, they can see that uh, that excitement for cooking. You ever thought about just throwing caution in the wind, just saying F it and, and make like a sterling ball cooker or something like that? Completely revolutionize yeah. and change the industry? I, most of them, I start at around 5 in the morning, and I quit at 9.30 at night. So everything I do is, is fun. And I figure I do everything for free except for talk to lawyers and accountants, and then I charge them. But, no, this is about being creative and about having fun. I'll tell you what's interesting about barbecues. My wife had to get used to me um, wearing gloves and carrying a camera. <laughs> she had to get used to that. Uh, Facebook is a burden, and it's funny, the last contest in Mesquite, I had three people come up and say, so who does the cooking for you on your uh, Facebook page? And the telephone, they said, that's me, that would be me. So, <laughs> that is, that's the job. I mean, i got to cook a lot. And then, after a while, you get people cr- criticizing you because some of the salad wasn't straight on the plate. So that's that's always fun. Sterling Ball joining me here on the show, and uh, he's got a big event happening December 7th and 8th called The King of the Smokers. It's by invitation only. There's going to be 24 teams, and this will be the first of what uh, we hope will be a yearly event. Uh, no pellet grills, no automatic temperature control devices. Everybody's going to be cooking the same style of meat, so kind of putting everybody on an even playing field and seeing who's going to bring the A game for a $50,000 uh, prize purse. Sterling, anything else you'd like to mention here before I turn you loose? Well, um, no, I just, I think it's been really fun being in barbecue. I I like it a lot. I've met some great people, like the Pitmasters experience. I would have never met Johnny Trigg, who I consider 
a very dear friend, and uh, I think we're all lucky about you to have guys like Johnny out there. Um, you know, I'm enjoying the rubs. I've got a lot of really good teams using my money and happy ending rubs, and uh, I would just like naming a rub happy ending too. That was yeah, I was going to say happy it. ending rub. You can never say that enough. That's one of the best things ever. How, how long did it yeah, take to come perfect. up with that name? Oh, it just sort of came to me. Right. Probably uh, with a little massage, dare I say, if you know what I mean? No, no, no. This is all about cooking. It's a finishing rub. <laughs> of course. This is nothing except on the up and up. Uh, Sterling Ball from Big Papa Smokers. Uh, check them out, bigpapasmokers.com. Sterling, I appreciate the time tonight. Thanks for coming out. Thanks a lot. You got Thanks it. Good. There he is, Sterling Ball. Wow. You know... I, uh, you know, I've seen Sterling on the Facebook uh, a number of times, and you see him in the standings every now and again. Obviously, he was on uh, Pitmasters, but uh hate to show my ass a little bit. I had no idea what kind of uh, success he was having in a completely different industry. I'm not saying I'm lazy, but, man, I'd be maxing and relaxing outside on the pool. Telling Jeeves to get me another Parnold Almer. I'd like to have one Parnold Almer right now, if you know what I mean. So uh, check Sterling Ball out on the website, Sterling, uh, Sterling Ball, BigPapaSmokers.com. December 7th and 8th, the king of the smokers. 50 G's in prize money if you need it. I need it. All right. We're going to be telling you about something new next week when it comes to Butcher Barbecue. But let me tell you something that's been going on for the last handful of weeks. You know about it, especially if you listen to this show. It's Dave Bosca trying to figure out ways of making everybody happy in the injection business, whether it's a current customer of Dave or whether it's a competitor's customer. You know, Have you bought another injection from somebody else that hasn't worked out for you? Watch the scores drop. Now it's just sitting around collecting dust, probably never to be used again. What to do? Cry, Maybe. How about trade it in pound for pound? All you have to do is go to butcherbarbecue.com, click on the trade-in link there at the top right of the navigation. And once you get there, you fill out the form, print it off, seal up your trade, and mail it to Dave. He'll send you back Butcher Barbecue pork or prime or beef injection. Doesn't get better than that. Look, we all do it. You spend money only to find out that the product is crap. Now the wife is pissed because you could have taken her out on the night on the town. How many times has that happened to you? You've been in this situation. You spend that money on a product. When you realize it isn't the great stuff you were hoping for, you're in this pickle. You won't use it again. But it's too expensive. Just throw out. In the past, you were screwed, and you know it. But not with the trade-in program with Butcher Barbecue. Butchers will match it pound for pound if you, uh, well, you have nothing to lose, quite honestly. Only great products to gain in return that have been time-tested. Some of the greatest teams on the face of the earth in many of the different cooking genres and sanctioning bodies. Butchers will honor any commercially made rub. I'm sorry, any commercially made product along with the partial or complete label. Don't do something in your kitchen at home, put in a cellophane bag and ship it off. We're wary of the trick, Central Life. There's a strict limit of five pounds per item per household, and all the products will be weighed at time of arrival, and the amount is final. If you have any questions, contact Dave directly via Butcher bbq.com that's the website it's the trade-in program it's happening right now at butcherbarbecue.com and it's just one more way for you to trust your butcher next week i don't want to tease anything dare i say 
dare I say, free product for a year? What? Wait and see. All the T's in the business, folks. And I will tease you all the way over to ButcherBBQ.com. Do it now. You'll be happy you got it. Sauce, too. Rub. Honey rubs. Honey. Honey rub with that sweet sauce. Forget it. All right. We're coming back. We'll look back at 9-11. 11 years of the day. Stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Big B, Moonshine Band, Suburban Let's go! I'm an outlaw. Give me two shots. We don't need a radio. Bring a jukebox. For my outlaws, bring me three shots. Twenty minutes till the top of the hour. Eight seven seven four four eight zero four three three. Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com. Uh, thanks to Sterling Ball, this guy right here, Big Papa Smokers, BigPapaSmokers dot com. A lot of stuff. He's got fingers and hands all over the place when it comes to the. Uh, Barbecue world. Oh, what? All right, Moonshine Bandits, relax. By the way, if you're uh, local to Cleveland, September 30th, Moonshine Bandits uh, live in town. Peabody's. It's a pretty sketchy place. But I guess when you're an outlaw, you play sketchy places. Whatever. I wonder if uh, the Moonshine Bandits use the Ernie Ball strings. Did he say every 30 seconds? Every 30 seconds. Speaking of great products, let me go to the product cam here. I don't know if you've ever checked this out. Uh, Knox Spice Company. Uh, sales at Knox Spice. Uh, KnoxSpice.com is the website. Um, they have a great line of rubs, but they have this thing called, it's, uh, uh, it's called like the Sweet Ambrosia. Not, yeah, Sweet Ambrosia Sauce. It is freaking phenomenal. Check these guys out. KnoxSpice.com. Uh, do like their pepper rub, too, on uh, beef. Oh, my God, is that good? Forget it. Thanks to Brian for the ambrosia rub. Little gift of heaven. Little gift of heaven, baby. All right, uh, if you want to take part in this segment, do it. 877 You can also email your thoughts, greg at com. You can also do instant chat if you want. Um. No surprise, at least to me, 11 years ago to the day, September 11th, 2001, a heinous, the most heinous act on this soil of terrorism ever enacted by a group of, I don't know how else to say it, fuck faces. And murdering thousands of people and turning our own implements of transportation against us, uh, preying on our freedoms, our internal... Look, most, I think, if we're being honest, I think most people still feel that the majority of human beings are good people, by and large. There's some a-holes out there that 
you can probably look at and realize a-hole. But prior to this, who was going to ever think that you were going to put on a, a group of guys in four different planes and have them turn around, fly these planes into buildings, kill innocent people? And I was watching uh, some 9-11 stuff on the television two nights ago. And I am a, you know, I was listening to a talk show earlier around 3 or 4 o'clock. And the, the host didn't realize the second he woke up, the second he woke up, September 11th, regardless of year, after 2001, to me, you can't say the date September 11th and not have me automatically go right back there every single time, every single second. No matter how much time, I mean, 11 years is a long time. Imagine, you know, if you know somebody that has passed away, uh, you know, through any type of tragic event or whatever, you know, 11 years, uh, it, it's still probably, especially for the people that are affected, it, it, it brings it right back any day. And September 11th for a lot of us, Still, get you right back there. So whenever anybody says September 11th, it's just not a date to me. And hopefully it's not for you. But with time, with time, it tends to get away from some people for whatever reason. Uh, Maybe because they were not, you know, like my daughter was three months old when it happened. So it, it doesn't mean the same thing that it does to the people that were alive and were literally witnessing all of this happen as it was happening live on television, getting reports that there were jetliners flying into the World Trade Center and then one going down in the Pentagon and then there was another one out in the field in uh, western Pennsylvania. So for me, whenever anybody says September 11th, I'm always right back to that event. Uh, for me, it was driving out in the middle of Sandusky, Ohio, literally in the middle of nowhere, and listening to the Howard Stern show. And hearing Robin Quivers break over Howard and say, oh, there was a report of a, of a plane flying into the World Trade Center. And then 10 minutes after that, it was there was a, another plane that hit the other World Trade Center. And then I immediately switched over to the all-new station. It was all over the place at that point. Uh, But I was a big Howard Stern fan at that point when he had moved over to satellite radio. So I didn't know if there was some type of trick being played or whatever the case may be. But uh, that turned out to be not the case very quickly as all of the radio stations were turning over to, to news stations for the coverage. So for me, I know exactly where I was, I'm sure. All of you know exactly where you were when you heard about the first plane hitting. A lot of lot of people saw the second plane hit live. You know, where were you? Where were you? What did you think? Were you scared? Did you think it was coming to your town next? I was scared. I turned around in the middle of nowhere, probably where I was safest, and raced back an hour and ten minutes through downtown Cleveland to get back home because I didn't know. I don't know if they were going to be flying planes into Cleveland or Akron or Indiana or Pennsylvania or whatever. I was scared. I had to get back and be with my wife because I didn't know what was going on. Who would ever thought? So to hear that 11 years removed, 
that the day, if somebody says September 11th, that it doesn't resonate for people that were alive and saw it happen is unfathomable to me. And I will not, as long as the show is on the air, I will never let one show pass without at least giving it that reference and respect that it deserves at the end of every single show. That will never go away. This is not a political show. I'm not making any political statement. I'm just merely giving time to an event that happened in our lifetime that was probably one of the, if not the most significant event that has happened in regards to an attack on us. Uh, Let me go back to quickly into the uh, chat room here and see what people are weighing in on. Uh, Chris Zordel was listening to the radio at work, as was I. Don G was a New Yorker stuck in a Chicago hotel. Randy Hill uh, was rounding and saw it hit the tower in a patient's room. Uh, Sylvie Curry still hasn't forgot the J. John Kennedy was assassinated. Uh, just like September 11th, never forget. Um, Fred Neville, what is his second job stocking shelves? Dave Haber changed my life. Just had a newborn baby and felt helpless. I hear that. Uh, grand rounds in Oklahoma City. One of the residents' husbands was a United pilot. Uh, Chris, my son, my son that was leaving for the Air Force also that day wasn't able to go because the plane's being grounded. Uh, Mojo Bricks was living in Lincoln, Nebraska, and got a phone call. He was told to turn on the television. Um, David Quells thought it was the beginning of World War III, Armageddon. Uh, Sylvie Curry was scared, and her husband was in Boston, scheduled for the same flight number on September 13th. Wow. Uh, Levi Bosco, sitting in health class, stopped class, turned on the television to watch the live. Oh, man, watch that second plane go live and also at the Pentagon. Unbelievable. So a lot of people that are at least in here sharing with us, Uh, I am a huge proponent, and there could be a very small majority of people that uh, believe this as I do. But if people that are are on radio and media now, not this kind of radio, but real radio, terrestrial, that's getting a a mass audience all in one shot, if, if they're going to disassociate the words September 11th and not automatically go back to the to the acts that happened on that day, uh, to me, merely gives more credence to what I have said all along. If I was put in charge, if I was elected president, a groundswell is it too late for me? I didn't. I forgot to mention I'm running for president. Not really. I would put. I would may have all of the TV broadcast stations or all these carriers or whatever. I would have each one install a 9-11 channel, and it would have continuous loops of what happened, aftermath. Uh, I know people don't want to see planes flying into uh, the buildings over and over again. Um, I want to see, I want to have the documentaries. Um, I want to make sure that no matter what, if for one second that you thought you forgot what it was like or what you felt like, you would be able to go back to that channel, turn it on, and remember exactly what the hell happened that day and how shitty it was and how shitty you felt and how helpless and scared you felt because that's what you have to remember. Time passes, you become less attached or detached 
The senses aren't the same. You're not as alert. You're not as vigilant. So I don't think there is any problem with having a dedicated channel that continually shows that over and over again. So you can bring up the youth with a knowing and a full understanding because, look, you know, 25, 30 years ago, you would not have this technology, this ability to be able to, I don't want to say relive it, but learn and see it again. And it's painful stuff. Imagine. I mean, can you imagine every year from now on, for as long as these people are alive, everybody. It sounds crazy. But, you know, there were people on those planes. I mean, all of the people that died because they couldn't get out of the fire, because the building collapsed, because the plane slammed in and burned them up on contact, because of Jeff, all of those people. There were people on the planes, right? And I hope nobody forgets the fact that when you're watching the planes go in, you're seeing a plane go in, but there's people in the plane and they are dying. I mean, how tough is that for a parent that had somebody on that plane or a kid that had a parent on that plane or whatever? And that's what you see, right? That should make it real. That should make you never forget the fact that you could have had somebody on that plane too. And now for the rest of your mortal life until you die, at least once a year, you're going to see the planes go in there and see your loved one die every single time. And it's not going to change. We can never forget that. We can never, ever forget the fact that this happened and that people freaking died for no reason. I'm not talking about tragic events that happen in this country every single day because it does. I'm not minimizing that. But to not wake up on any September 11th from here from the day after, from September 12th on and every year past, and not immediately go right back there is not right. And it's not going to happen on my watch, and it's not going to happen on this show's watch. We will make sure that we continue to give it respect on the way out of each and every show. And when September 11th rolls around, if I'm a day late or two days before or whatever, we will always do a segment on this show, and if it's the same thing five years from now and I'm talking about the same stuff, good, because guess what? We didn't forget. I didn't forget, which means you didn't forget. Because it's a disservice to all of those people that had no ability to do anything except sit there and realize this was it. Which allows me to end on this note. You know, when we talk about tragedy, and then there's been a lot of tragedy over the past year as it relates to barbecue people losing loved ones. We always go back to the same thing, always tell you the same thing. You can't remember the last time you told your parents or your wife or your kids or your friends or your co whatever, the people that mean the most to you. If you can't remember the last time you told them, I love you, or you mean a lot to me or, or whatever, if you don't get those feelings out. Tomorrow, it could change. Your number could be pulled. Their number could be pulled. And now it's too late. Can't live with regret. So don't. And you got to never forget. All right, guys. We will uh, pick it back up, get back more into the barbecue stuff. Um, 
want to mention my guy right here, local, right here in Cleveland, a uh, caterer to the barbecue stars when it comes to jewelry, Stephen DeFranco. Look, you know, guys, especially for us, there's not a lot of items that we can really put on when it comes to jewelry. You know, we don't want to seem metrosexual or whatever. But one thing that you can do to enhance the look, to add a little polish, a little panache, kind of spice up an outfit, maybe you went to Kohl's and dropped a slim 60 bucks on something, get a watch. You can get a watch cheap when it comes to Stephen DeFranco. You go to the website, stephendefranco.com. It's Stephen and then D-I-F-R-A-N-C-O, stephendefranco.com. And you peruse all the watches. Now, myself, I am an Accutron, or I'm sorry, I'm a Bolova guy. I have a Precisionist, which is, there's Bolova, then there's Precisionist, which is your middle line, then there's Accutron, which is the high line. I have an Accutron, I have a Precisionist. These are the most accurate watches in the world. You will probably poop small amounts in your pants when you see the price on Stephen's page. Fear not. Do this. Pick up the phone after you've found a watch that you like. And then call them, 440-943-2700, 440-943-2700, and ask for Steve. Now, this isn't some schmuck. This is the actual owner of the store, Stephen DeFranco. You're going to tell him, hey, I am a barbecue brother, or I listen to the show all the time. Rempy says I need to call you. Fall in line with me and what is now growing to be a large handful of of people that have done business with Steve in some form or fashion. It doesn't just have to be a watch. It can be a ring. It can be necklaces. It can be earrings. He's got Venetian glass jewelry. you got to look at the website first. Then you call him, 440-943-2700, and then ask for the Barbecue Central hookup. You will be pleasantly surprised. Needless to say that my two watches cost me less than the one watch that the Accutron watch cost all by itself. Two for one, maybe. But you have to take the first step. StephenDeFranco.com. StephenDeFranco.com. Find what you like. 440-943-2700. 440-943-2700. And then save money. Do yourself a thing. You know somebody in the business now, right? That's what. That's the best part of the whole thing. We know somebody in the jewelry business. StephenDeFranco.com, 943-2700, area code 440. We'll come back to wrap up the first hour, and then it's the barbecue roundtable in the second hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Who would have thought this music thing was going to go this far? I never asked for this. I never asked for this fast living. The women, the whiskey, craziness. There's whiskey in my soul. Hey, Bert, let's go. I've been drifting down that open highway. Finger in the air because I do things my way. All right, uh, about three minutes till the top of the hour. Uh, no need to thank me for the last segment, guys. Um, I appreciate you uh, digging what I was saying. 
And uh, once again, that will remain here in this show. So uh, I appreciate you getting through that segment with me. And yeah, uh, unrelated, a friend of the show, Chris Grove uh, from the nibblemethis.com blog, suffered a huge personal tragedy. And uh, I'm not going to get into it, but I mean, it is freaking tragic to no end. So uh, thoughts and prayers to uh, him and his family as well. All right. Sterling Ball made an appearance around 14 past this hour. We talked about uh, his smokers and his huge event, the King of the Smokers, December 7th and 8th. Twenty, uh, sorry, fifty thousand dollar prize purse if you need it. Invite only. Twenty four teams. I believe that's been filled out. Uh, this will be a yearly event, and uh, it's also uh, benefiting uh, the. I believe it was the Casey Ball Foundation. So, good stuff there. Thanks to Sterling for coming on. Eight seven seven four four eight zero four three three is the number to call. Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com. All right. Let's point to the second hour. We'll jump out. I'm going to uh, refresh some water. Because it's good. Don't drink during the show. Well, every once in a while I do, I guess. Man, oh, man. Sorry, I bummed myself out with that last segment. But All right. Go ahead, and I uh, just got an email in from uh, Patrick, which we'll get to here at the top of the second hour. Uh, let me recollect. We'll uh, get to the barbecue round table. Coming up right after this, you're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Uh, Big Mo Kason, Danny Kugel, and Dave Bosca joining me. It's butt talk at its finest. And it will be next. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. This is Jim Minion from Two Loose Screws. I'm listening to Barbecue Central. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate 54 wieners. Oh listen, Laverne, it's shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> you could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with Junior, senior, and diva. Sounds like a whole look at the movie. <laughs> wow, yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Who? Top. 
All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. This is a special hour. The Pork Butt Roundtable makes an appearance. Very exciting. Closing out the roundtable shows here. Two-thirds of the panel is uh, locked and loaded here. I wanted to read an email real quick from uh, Patrick following up on the last segment. Uh, Today is not a day for complaining or whining. Today there will be no self-centeredness or self-pity. This day must be about remembrance, empathy, gratitude, and reconnecting with a true appreciation of life. When I think of the day, I just start to cry. Just like it was yesterday, when I think of the days that followed, I remember how proud I was to live here, where despite how divided we may seem very quickly, we all remember what was truly important. I wish we could all lacked like we did days after September 11th, 2001. I will never forget that. Thank you, Pat. All right. Uh, we have Dave Bosk and Mo Kaysan on the line, guys. How are you doing? Good. What's good. up, man? All right, uh, guys. So this is going to be real crappy of me, but uh, for some reason, Danny Kugel didn't make it on, or he, maybe he just hung up during the, uh, the, the open. So I'm going to hang up on you guys. I'm going to call everybody right back, all right? Bye. All right. All right. Here we go. Let's try this again. Call the group. Of course, now you're going to be hearing the phones ring, which I hate. I hate when the phone rings. Worst. Man, watch out. Hello. Oh, uh, okay. Let's see. We got Mo. We got Dave back waiting for Danny still. I hope I dialed this number right. Hello. You reached Danny Kugel. Please oh, leave a message no. and I'll return it promptly. At the tone, I'm gonna please leave message, record guys. your message. It's going to be profanity laced. recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. To leave a callback number, yeah, press yeah. 5. Beep already. Danny, Greg at Barbecue Central Radio Show. We're live doing the Pork Butt Roundtable. Where are you? Outrageous. You should call in whenever you get the chance. Uh, 216-220-0966 will fit you in. Call now or you're banned from the show forever. All right, I just hung up on him. All right, guys, uh, Mo and Dave are still with me, so we're going to go ahead and do the pork butt roundtable, starting with you guys. If Danny calls back in, we'll go ahead and add him to the mix. Uh, but we have the pitmaster of Butcher Barbecue, Dave Bosca. He's third in the KCBS pork category right now, 11th, by the way, overall team of the year standings. And then we also have Big Mo Quezon from Ponderosa Barbecue, 10th in KCBS pork, so uh, two of the top cooks out there as it relates to uh, cooking on pork. Before we start getting into the prep and stuff, guys, uh, we'll go ahead and learn about what everybody is cooking on. Mo, we'll start with you. What uh, what fires you up there? Uh, I got a, um, a bit. Is it me? Yeah, Mo. Or, or Dave? No, you, Mo. Oh, okay, man. Yeah, man, I got a uh, big green egg, and I've got a old hickory, and then I've got a trash can cooker. All right, so a veritable gamut of cookers for Big Mo. Dave, what are you cooking on? I cook on uh, two FEC 100s um, for the big meats and ribs, and then I've got a Yoder grill for my chicken. All right, uh, Mo, let me go back to you real quick. You do have three different cookers. Um, are you cooking different meats on different grills uh, like, uh, like Dave is? Yeah, yeah, yep, I sure am, yep. All right, so before we get into this uh, meat of the conversation, um, Dave has the FEC cooker, so that kind of has like this built-in uh, control temperature because you can set it uh, the temperature you want. Uh, but, is, uh, Mo, are you using any type of automatic pit temperature control device, whether it be like a Guru or a Stoker or any one of these things when you're cooking? Well, 
My old hickory, uh, my old hickory double wide's got an analog temperature gauge, so uh, yeah, it does it does control somewhat. And then, what about the uh, big green egg and the trash can cooker? You don't use them on those? No, I, I've got them. I've got, I got them. I've got gurus, but I don't use them. Um, I do uh, my brisket on those uh, big green egg, and then I do my chicken on my trash can cooker. All right, uh, Dave. On the uh, the cookers that aren't FECs, do you on that Yoder? Do you use any type of automatic temperature control device? They're all ran through a probe that's built into the equipment. It's not needed to add anything extra. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the uh, pre-cooking events. And Dave, we'll start with you here. Uh, do you use uh, just Boston butts? You ever got into like the the whole shoulder or the the picnic style meats? Yes. Yes, you. Um, yes, you are. Yes, or? I, I have done them in competition. Um, there were certain muscles that I wanted out of picnics, um, so I was buying some fresh picnics at the time. Um, presently, I am not doing that. Uh, but yes, I have I have done that in competitions. Is it something that had served you well when you were looking for specific things, or did you get away from it because the the results weren't there? I was I was searching. I was playing around. I was trying it. Um, it was coming out of the winter. I took some through the winter, and I really liked them. Um, I like the mussels in a picnic. I like certain ones coming out of a picnic versus what's in a pork butt. And so I was treating them different than I was the pork butt, um, and for that very reason. All right, uh, Mo, you ever used anything other than uh, just Boston butts when you've been cooking? Yeah, I've cooked the whole shoulders, and uh, I've done the same thing as Dave. I've done uh, picnics too, um, but I've just kind of uh, graduated to uh, doing Boston butts. All right, um, Mo, I don't. No, if you, if you mind or not, but for the, I guess the the intermediates or, or the novices of the group that might just be looking to get in, that might not know that there's a difference between a Boston butt and a picnic. Can you kind of explain what the difference is, real quick? Yeah, uh, a Boston butt is the top section of the pork shoulder, and the picnic is the bottom section with the shank. And um, you would find, I would find it to be that the Boston butt has a lot more marbling than the picnic. But uh, you would get uh, a lot of your, uh, your your money muscle slices and things of that nature from the Boston butt area, which is the top of the shoulder. Dave, if you could finish this pork class for us real quick, uh, do you find that there is a significant taste difference between a picnic and a Boston butt? Oh, I think all the difference in the world. Uh, just due to the amount of internal fat, um, the pork butt cooks up different and needs to be cooked to a different temperature um, to where a pork, I'm sorry, the pork shoulder cooks up way different. It needs a lot more tender and love and wrapped at a different time um, since it has less internal fat to help keep it moist. And the muscles in there are more of what is classified a white muscle versus what's in a pork butt, which is more of the, the dark muscles. All right, Dave, we'll stay with you for this question. Um, are you somebody that likes to use the bone-in Boston butts, or have you ever messed around with the boneless styles? Uh, no, I cook bone-in. Bo- you ever mess around with boneless at all, or no way? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, 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 yep. I've done it in a pinch. I was at a contest uh, 
a few weeks back where um, I had a couple of uh, boneless uh, Berkshire, and I just cooked them uh, for extra for extra people for the judges. But typically, Mo, you would be a bone-in butt like uh, Dave would be then? That is correct, my man. I sure would. All right. So let me ask you that now, you know, five years ago, if I was doing the pork butt roundtable, which I probably did five years ago, um, but I never would have thought about asking this question. So, Mo, I'm, I'm going to stay with you here um, currently for this question. When, you know, typically it was always, okay, hold on a second here. I'm getting tremendous feedback. Give me one second. Uh, check, check. All right. Um, so, oh, for crying out loud. All right, guys, I, I hate to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang up. I'm going to call you right back. Okay. Right. Wow. Holy crap. I feel like I'm stuck in the echo monster. <laughs> Danny Kugel's not allowed. I'm hanging up on Danny immediately. We're on. Yo, yo. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Um, so this didn't seem like a question that I would ever have to ask, you know, five years ago. But with the um, d- d- growing romance with Wagyu briskets, you know, there's kind of a, a different style of pork out there, the uh, Berkshire, the Heritage Hog. Uh, Dave, uh, let me ask you this first from Butcher Barbecue. Do you use a special kind of hog or a special kind of a Boston butt uh, for your competitions, or is it just what you get at, like, a Sam's Club or something like that? Well, you kind of just stole my thunder, but, yeah, okay. I do use a special kind of pork butt. It's the one I pay for at Sam's Club. Oh, that's the one you pay for. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yo, watch out. Yeah. A non-sponsored, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Mo, are you, uh, do you use any of the special pork that you're hearing about nowadays? Yes, I am. I'm a big fan of uh, Eaton Farms. has got a uh, Berkshire. Um, I use that every every week, man. Um it's a double-edged sword at times, you know, because it's very rich, um, has a stronger flavor, pork flavor. And the problem is sometimes you'll get judges, that, you know, judges, you know, they get their meat at Sam's or Walmart or whatever, and, and they're not used to um, the old-style way pork used to taste, you know what I mean? It's all natural. It's got a, a stronger pork flavor. But I think your good judges are going to... Uh, give you a kudos for, um, you know, tasting strong pork flavor uh, pork. All right, uh, so guys, uh, do me a favor. Hang back and relax here just for three minutes while we go ahead and uh, pay a few bills here with these show sponsors. This one happens to be Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets. Look, um, you know, Dave has wood pellet cookers. I have a wood pellet cooker. A lot of people using wood pellet fired cookers out there in the competition circuit as well as in the backyard. First thing I thought of was Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets, widely considered to be the pellet resource for your pellet-fired cookers. You know, whether it's on the competition trail or in your backyard, folks choose Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets more than any other brand for their superior quality and flavor. You should probably give them a try as well. You can find them right at bbqrsdelight.com. Now, if you don't have a pellet cooker, no problem. You can still take advantage of what some are considering a pellet revolution on your gas or charcoal grill or smoker by grabbing the cast iron pot option. You buy yourself a nice sampler pack of pellets, you load one-third cup into the pot, and you place it into the cooker or grill, let that sweet, succulent smoke take care of the rest. 
Now, pellets are made a, through a process where you have sawdust that is compressed that generates heat, and any contaminants that are present in the wood are now eliminated. This produces a sterile smoking wood product of consistent quality, and pellets are easy to use since you don't have to soak them in water prior to use. It's easy to blend wood flavors, and really you can produce consistent results each and every time when you use Barbecuer's Delight wood pellets. It's like a recipe. You can mix and match all you want. Now, look, here's something to remember. You buy those little sampler bags. That stuff is 100% flavor wood. Keep that in mind, number one. Secondly, if you have the pellet-fired cookers like many of us do nowadays, it's not 100%. Candy has found out through trial and error. Some of these woods just don't have the high BTU temperature you need to get that consistent heat temperature when you're cooking. So they make it a blend. It's two-thirds oak, one-third fruit wood. That's the way to go to ensure great smoke flavor and consistent BTU temperatures. Got it? Good. So do yourself a favor. Grab some Barbecuers Delight pellets right now. Visit them. BBQRSDelight.com. Check out all the flavors they have and stop fussing with these sticks and the chunks for crying out loud. You'll be surprised with some of these flavors. Sassafras. What? Savory herb. (laughs) Savory herb. Try it on a smoked meatloaf. You'll be happy you did. Uh, It's the choice of competition cooks and backyard hacks just like me. Barbecuers Delight, bbqrsdelight.com. All right, we're coming back with Dave Bosca and Mo Kaysan, Butcher Barbecue and Ponderosa Barbecue, respectively, with the Pork Butt Roundtable. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, just past 14, past the hour. Roughly, well, now 45 minutes till the top. Dave Bosca from Butcher Barbecue, Mo Kaysan from Ponderosa Barbecue joining me here on the show. And we continue with the prep stuff. Uh, Mo is using uh, uh, the uh, the heritage. Dave is uh, doing something completely outlandish. Actually, paying for butts at Sam's Club, unheard of these days. All right, uh, Mo Kason, we'll start with you for the next question. Uh, how many butts are you typically cooking for a competition? Uh, can you repeat that? Yeah, how many butts are you cooking for a competition? Oh, I'm a. Uh, I, uh, I cook two butts, but you know what? I got a contest coming up here up at uh, Sam's Club here in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I'm going to cook four butts. Four butts, so you're uh, doubling the butts. Uh, Dave, how many yes. butts are you cooking for uh, for competition? I cook two. Two butts as well. Do you ever bump up? Is, or let me ask you this. During your years of competition, which have been very successful, have you ever uh, cooked more than two, or is this something that you have learned over time that two is just going to give you the best option? Two is what comes in the package. Two is what comes in the package. Well, uh, at BJ's, it's one per package, believe it or not. Can you believe it? They've, oh, no. they've, they've, <laughs> two for me, bud. Two for me. They've taken away uh, the, the pairs of butts and gone uh, just to individual butts. Unbelievable. All right, uh, Mo, we'll go back to you from Ponderosa Barbecue. A trimming process of the butts, typically you know, buying out of the cryovac, uh, laden with a fat cap, uh, which would either be top or bottom. Uh, do you do a lot of trimming? Uh, kind of let us into your process here. Well, uh, when I open up on my cryovac on my brick tires, um, 
sometimes have a lot of uh, fat. But being that it's birth hour, they have heavy, heavy marbling. So I trim as much fat on the uh, outside as possible. And that's about it for that as far as trimming the fat. It's only on the outside. Only on the outside. Dave, uh, your, your trimming process. Pretty simple. Pork is one of the easiest to trim for me. I do trim up around the traditional money muscle around that outside end, um, form it how I want it formed, and just basically check the top of it to where you peel the spare ribs off, make sure there's no uh, feather bones got left on, and call it quits. I don't worry about the fat on the bottom or anything like that, um, but I'm pretty well done with it. Now I've heard over time, Dave. Uh, ha- have you have you ever gotten into? Um, I'm going to show my complete ignorance with the uh, word use of what we're talking about here. But you know, if you're looking at uh, if you're looking at the butt where you would have the money muscle, you know, uh, farthest away from you. If you're looking down it, <laughs> if you're looking down the butt, great. There's a part where you could actually, you know, with your hands, kind of pull it apart, and you would have, you know, muscle one part on the bone, and the other part is going to come off. There seems to be a lot of fat and some glands and stuff like that. You don't even bother, you know, trimming that off or anything like that, getting down in there. No, no, you're right there. Um, any ninety nine percent of the time anymore, you're you're going to buy what's called a neck off or square cut pork butt, and that's going to be all removed. But if you buy a neck on pork butt. There is a little piece, a little gland uh, about the size of your thumbnail that's left in there. And I do search that out and trim that out. It, it doesn't taint the whole pork butt, but it will make it right around it, give it a little wane to it when that gland is cooked. Um, so I do do search that out and get it out of there if it's not already removed. Mo, have you ever uh, trimmed down into that area that I was talking about or just never bothered with it? Oh, I have in the past. Yeah, I have in the past, but not not in the last year or two. Uh, what about you, Mo? Have you ever done that before? No, um, my uh, my uh, come pretty uh, trimmed up pretty nice from the back of the plant. All right, Mo Kason from Ponderosa Barbecue will stay with you for this question. Um, you know, a lot of people inject pork butts now, so I'm going to save that question as part B. But part A, have you ever brined? A pork butt ever brined? Do I ever brine a pork butt? Yes. No, sir. I've uh, never brined a pork butt. Is it something? Is it something that secretly you are dying to try? No. No. All right. I, I just have no. I, I mean, I guess you could. I just for me, no. I have never uh, brined a pork butt. All right. So, assuming you're staying somewhat true to processes that we've seen. Uh, when you've made stardom on TV, are you still making your own injections, or are you using something that's commercially produced you'd like to tell us about? Yeah, I do make my own injection. Um, my man here, Dave, good friend of mine, uh, he's got great products, um, but I do make my own. You know, I got uh, my injection. There's one ingredient that I didn't, that I don't uh, tell anybody, but it's very, it would blow your mind if I told you what it was, because it's simple. But it, what happened was I was at a contest down in Iola, Kansas, and I had to go to the grocery store, and I had gotten a pinch, and, and I forgot my, my butcher's, actually. I forgot my butcher's injection. And so I just kind of threw some stuff together, man, and I ended up getting like a fourth-place call, I think it was, 
and pork. I'm like, hey, I'm on something. So I've been working on that little tweak in it. It's my homemade little deal I do. And, you know, but my man here, Dave, he's got some awesome stuff. But uh, I just, uh, for me, I just a little injection. A lot of it you see on the show, it's it's, it's that simple. Um, but uh, a couple of things I had to do to, to uh the, the Mo, the product that would blow my mind—it's not liquid smoke, is it? No, it's not. All right, thank goodness. I don't care whatever else; it's not going to blow my. That would blow my mind. So uh, anything else is it? Uh, Dave, um, are, are have you ever brined a pork butt? Not for competition. You're not going to uh, penetrate the depth of that pork butt by brining. Um, at a competition, it takes weeks for a brine to penetrate into that thick muscle. Anybody that really thinks that doing that needs to brine in a, a colored water, and they'll see that they're not getting an eighth of an inch. So you're not really doing yourself much justice. All right. So, uh, Dave, are you injecting your uh, pork butts? And if so, are you using any type of commercially available rub? Uh, yes, sir. I do inject my pork butts, and yes, sir, I do use a commercially available product. Um, is that a name that you might be able to share with us by chance? I do not mind sharing that with you. All right. Um, I do use a product that's found at, no, I, I do use my pork injection along with the, uh, Absolutely. the liquid that we add with it. Is, I mean, is not to diverge, but... Do, do would somebody actually come up to you at a competition, Dave, and say, "Do you use butcher barbecue products?" Oh yeah, I get I get it probably weekly. And there's a um, in my trailer. I've got a red cabinet that houses my product that I use for for my own self. And people will come up, and if I've already ran out of product that I sell, um, I'll just open up my cabinet and pour in some right out of it. I use exactly what we sell. Um, I've given away my own product right out of my cabinet just because they didn't need as much as I had or, or I was out of the small packages or something like that. So if there's any doubt, hey, they can open it up and look at it. All right, so let me go to this question. Mo Kason, we'll go back to you. Um, do you ever set your pork butts out in advance for any type of, of warm-up or, or get them to like a, a room temperature, if you will? Is that something that you practice when you're cooking? Um, as far as my pork is, um, I take it out of my reefer, um, and I trim it up. It's a couple of stages I do. I first trim it, and then I goes back in the, in the fridge. And then uh, maybe, I would say around 9 or 10 o'clock, then I put a, a marinade on the outside. And what I do, I'll just tell you, I, I buy this stuff called uh, clogs. It's just a brisket, actually it's a brisket marinade. And I like it, um, um, I just kind of take a little bit of it, maybe a half a cup, and I just rub the outside of that pork butt with that. And um, I'm, I've always done it, and I like it. And so, I mean, people think it's crazy, but it's just just a brisket marinade. But um, I, I wipe, I wipe, I wipe, rub my uh, pork butt down with that. And then it goes back in the refrigerator. Um, and then um, about 11 o'clock, I'll uh, bust out my injection and I'll inject everything, and then it doesn't go on the pit to about 1 or 2 in the morning. All right, uh, Dave, do you let your your uh, butt sit out at all in advance for any type of a warming-up period or, or no way? 
Um, no, I do not. We, uh, I take them out of the ice chest. We inject them. Place, put a rub on them. Put it right back in the ice chest. All right, Dave. Uh, let's go ahead and stay with you here from Butcher Barbecue for the next question. Uh, how far in advance do you rub your butt prior to going onto the cooker? I inject my pork butts at noon. I apply the rub immediately after that, and they go in the ice chest, and they set for eight hours till they go on the smoker. Wow, rubbed for eight hours. All right. Uh, Mo Kason, how far in advance are you uh, rubbing your butts prior to going on the cooker? An hour. One hour? One hour. Have you ever? Uh... Go ahead. Huh? Go ahead. Yeah, I just do it for one hour, man. I I, my, uh, I have to pit up the temperature, and I get out, get my, my rub out, and I rub the uh, the butt down, and then um, they sit for about an hour in the fridge, and then I take my from the fridge to the cooker. Have you ever rubbed your, your butt in advance, like a seven- or an eight-hour thing before, or just something you never even mess around with now i have my wife rub my butt so that's it man Uh, (laughs) leave the comedy to the host mo all right back off uh dave have you ever have you ever applied rub not that far in advance and noticed any difference (laughs) yeah um, uh, hold on a second yes i have one time as i went to take them out of the ice chest uh I didn't think they were good. I think they'd soured. Uh, thought they were close before we injected them. And we had to run to the store and get some. We injected, put the rub on them, put them straight in the cooker. And we ended up with third or fourth place that weekend. So, um, but yeah, I have done that. All right. Uh, Dave Bosco from Butcher Barbecue. Mo Kason from Ponderosa Barbecue joining me here on the show. We're doing the pork butt roundtable competition style. Uh, Dave, I would assume, uh, just like injections, that you're using your own uh, commercial rubs as well? Yes, yes. All right. Now, are you using, because you're injecting, do you use the, um, the, the oh, crap, the, uh, the, the perfect rub, or are you using the honey barbecue rub, or what? which one do you use? I use, um, I, I put two layers of rub on. The first layer and everything is the hickory seasoned salt, mm-hmm. and then my premium rub. All right, and uh, Mo, are you using your own? Do you make your own rub, or do you use any rub, or, or do you use a rub that's existing out there commercially right now? I make my own rub. I got my own concoction. Uh, it's uh, low budget. It's good. I think uh, it'll be available. Maybe hopefully the next year or so. Uh, but I call it my Big Mo Pork Rub. Big Mo Pork Rub. All right. Uh, next. Um, brand. Blah, 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 blah. Let me get rid of that question. So, this is something that I usually ask the rib guys, and I've decided uh, on this show I was going to ask the pork guys. Is the rub that you're using on your pork butt different than the one that you would use on your rib? We'll go to Mo Kason to answer that question first. Yep. My rub uh, for my pork um, that I make has a lot more savory attributes to it. Um, It's got a lot more heavy garlic uh, powder um, and it's got some other things, but it's uh, it's more. I wouldn't use that for ribs. Uh, my ribs rub has a lot more, um, 
uh, cayenne, lemon pepper, that nature. I mean, lemon powder, excuse me, and some other stuff. So uh, it, it's a little sweeter. Uh, but my pork rub's not really all that sweet. Uh, Dave Bosca, do you use a different rub on your pork than you're using on your ribs? Oh, yes. A uh, lot different. Right. Um, just because you want a different taste, then I would assume, correct? Correct. Correct. All right. So. Is there anything else during the preparatory process before they are ready to hit the cooker that you're doing that we didn't talk about, Mo Case on Ponderosa Barbecue? No, I just, uh, you know, I, I do my, my steps all the time and uh, the steps that I, that I told you. And, uh, no, I think I hit all my marks on that part. All right, Dave, anything else that you're doing in the, the preparatory process that we haven't covered? Well, other than the liquid that I used to, for my injection. Okay, what do you, what do you suggest? Out, yeah, years ago I started out um, using peach nectar, and that's what we used the year we won uh, the Jack Daniels pork category. And then around here we got to where we was having a hard time finding a good peach nectar, and so I switched do a Welch's white grape juice with peach, and I've I've stuck with that ever since. I really like the flavor that that gives to it. All right, duly noted for everybody that is. Oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah, go Mo. Great. Yep. Yeah, I was going to tell you, dude. There is one thing. Um, on my uh, I do my Pepsi injection. Um, I seem to uh, like the uh, they got new Pepsi alcohol throwback Pepsi. Yeah. Yep. And that's what I used. Uh, I don't know if this has got real sugar in it, I guess. So uh, that's the only difference. Instead of the regular blue can Pepsi, I used the throwback Pepsi. Gotcha, throwback Pepsi, because it does have real sugar. That is absolutely correct. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the cooking session. Um, We've got about three minutes here before we have to break again. Uh, we'll start with Dave Bosker from Butcher Barbecue. Uh, how long are you allotting, Dave, for the pork butt to cook? Do you have a, you know, it's got to be done in X amount block of time, or is it done when it's done? What's the deal? between 12 and a half and 13 hours. Wow. That's a long time. Uh, Mo Kason, are you allotting for a, a certain amount of time for that pork to cook, or is, is it ready when it's ready? Uh, it's kind of ready when it's ready, but it gets done within 15, 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes of uh, me putting it on. Um, <laughs> the one thing with the Berkshire butts, they're small. Um, versus other like Duroc or any other species out there. So they don't take as long, obviously, and uh, that's kind of a downside, too, because, I mean, you don't get as much out of it as far as pieces. But the pieces that you get are succulent, and they're off the chain as far as flavor. But, um, you know, I'm going to make a change, and I'm going to start cooking four, because I think I've been in a pinch a few times I, uh, lately that I haven't got the uh, as much choice pieces that I want to turn for the judges. I'm just kind of scrounging and scraping for what I need, and I just need to add two more butts and cook those, and that's what I need to do. But uh, I put mine on around one, two, and it's normally done nine in the morning, ten o'clock in the morning. All right, so you're looking between seven, eight hours or so. Um, Mo, we'll stay with yep. you for this one uh, from Ponderosa Barbecue. What kind of wood do you use for smoke flavor when you're cooking the butts? Man, I'm a big fan of pecan, 
and I'm a big fan of white oak. Uh, those are the two words I use. Um, when I, I, I cook my um, pork butts in my own hickory, so uh, I'll put a stick of uh, white oak in and then about five or six chunks of pecan. Dave, what kind of wood are you using? Or I guess I'm what kind of pellets man. are you using? <laughs> yeah. Hickory pellets for Dave. Um, all right. And what time are you putting the butts on again, Dave, for your competition? I put them on, I put them on at 9 o'clock at night, and they're done about 9.30, 9.45, and sometimes 10, but generally about 9.30 to 9.45. All right. Uh, Mo, what time were you putting them on? You were putting them on around 1 or 2 in the morning, correct? Yep, 1 or 2 in the morning. All right. What temperatures do you keep the pit at, Mo, when you're cooking the butts? Uh, the one thing good about my old hickory, which I love, is that it's a double-wide CTO, so um, the top shelf, if I set the uh, temperature at 250, which is that's where I cook my pork butts at, I put that on, I put my pork butts on the bottom shelf, and it's dead nuts up on 250, and then my top shelf is running about 280, 290, so about 250 is where I cook my pork butts at. Gotcha. Dave uh, from Butcher Barbecue, what are you uh, keeping the pit temperature at? I, I do a three-stage cook. Um, we cook at 180, 230, and 250. Can you give us a little insight into the three stages exactly? Yeah, yeah, sure. The trick to a pellet smoker is they burn very efficient. And so to get a lot more smoke on them, you have to basically trick the computers of them um, to make them not burn efficient. So to do that, you have to run them real low and slow for it to smolder instead of cook more. So we run them down at 180 degrees for eight hours, and then we start stepping it up um, through the process and getting them cooked after that. All right. Uh, certainly makes sense to me. And um, let's see. All right, so let's do this. Let's go ahead and break here real quick. Uh, you guys go ahead and refresh any drinks that you might have. And I'll talk about a sponsor real quick, and then we'll finish the cooking section and then get into the uh, uh, building the box and what's turning it. You know, we've mentioned it a few times during the show here, folks, but let me talk to you quickly about the longest-running sponsor of the show, which is uh, the Barbecue Guru. They just took the grand champion in Laurel, Maryland, the Sam's Club local qualifier. They'll be moving on to the regional round uh, this coming week in Chesapeake, Virginia. Look, if you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cookers, stop here. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. Why would you buy one from any other company in the face of the earth? I have no idea. Now, maybe you're not familiar with how these little beauties work. I'm not going to get into the minute details, but imagine this, if you will. A product that allows you to set your pit temperature, and once set, it will keep it running at that set temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. This is real life. You could take advantage of this technology today. Now, maybe you're a busy working professional, or perhaps you are constantly on the run with the kids, you're doing errands. Quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around and tend pit temperatures. I understand that. Barbecue Guru allows you to throw on your pork butt or brisket or a couple slabs of ribs, whatever you got. Then you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. The Barbecue Guru maintains the pit temperature you set it at. Bam! There are four, five different models to choose from right now. They have the ProCom 4 wireless unit. That's starting to phase out. The newest unit, the CyberQ Wi-Fi, which is uh, absolutely going bonkers in regards to sales. 
You have the Cyber Q2, the DigiQ DX2, and of course you have the Party Q. And at $129 for most cookers, it's $139 for the ceramic style. Party Q is the easiest point of entry into any pit temperature control device on the market right now. It's self-contained. It runs on AA batteries. It's absolutely fantastic. Take it wherever you want to go. Put it on. Then just uninstall it and go back home. You can take your ball and your homework and your batteries and your basketball with you. You're done. Now, maybe you're in the market for a cooker. Look no further than the Onyx Oven. The Onyx Oven has been winning on the competition circuit as well as in backyards all over the country. This fully insulated unit holds a lot of meat. It accommodates the half and the full pans for food service. Works seamlessly, of course, with any barbecue pit temperature uh, device as well. So, do yourself a favor. Head on over to thebbqguru.com and check out all their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly, 800-288-GURU, and they will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. TheBBQGuru.com, or again, give them a call, 800-288-GURU. A breakthrough. Barbecue technology, we're coming back with the finish of the cook, and then we'll get into uh, how you're serving this pork butt. Stick around, we'll be right back. Seven seven four four eight zero four three three to get on the air. Now here's your host, Greg Rampy. All right, we are back doing the Pork Butt Roundtable, joined by Mo Kason, Ponderosa Barbecue, and Dave Bosca, Butcher Barbecue. Make sure you're checking them out. All right, let's finish the uh, cooking portion, guys. Does anybody? Boil the butt during the cooking process? If so, is this an internal temperature thing that you're looking for? Or is it a color thing? Is it both? And we'll start with Dave Bosca from Butcher Barbecue. Yes, we do foil, and it's a dual process. It, we do it at a certain time, but it's because the pork butts are going to be at a certain temperature every time. Um, and that just comes with the cooking process. I know what temperature I want them, and that's what we we do. All right, uh, Mo, are you uh, wrapping the butts at all? And is it a temperature? Is it a is it a color thing? What do you think? No, I don't wrap uh, at all. Actually, um, wow. what I do is um, I'm got an internal temperature that see, the, the the thing with Berkshire is that they cook differently than what your standard pork you buy at Sam's or Walmart. And the mistake people have with it, and a lot of, I've known a lot of teams that go out and buy this Berkshire and they're frustrated because they want to buy their pork butt as mush or because a Berkshire cannot take it. Just the way the marbling is and the way the tissues are, that they're done a lot sooner, a lot sooner than a regular pork butt. So um, I just, uh, I don't cook, I don't foil, and uh, basically I just uh, put the probe in, and I reach uh, temperature, say, um, I start checking around 180, you know, and uh, about 178, 180, and then I can, uh, I'll, I'll know when it's done is when I get that smack to that top of that 
butt and if it gives you that jiggle back, then I know she's right. Jiggle back, that's right. Um, so since you're not foiling, Mo, do you do any type of uh, a basting or spraying during the cooking process at all or no? Yeah, yeah, I do. I baste. Yep, I baste. And it gets a nice color to it. Um, um, and that's why um, I don't have a lot of sugar in my in my rubs because I don't want my pork butt to get overly dark. Uh, Dave from Butcher Barbecue, are you, uh, before you get it into the foil, do you uh, baste or mop or spray or anything like that? No, uh, we don't open the smoker up until we're ready to wrap them the next morning. All right, so uh, Dave, if I might uh, stay with you here, and if you could take us back to pork school real quick. You know, there's been a lot made over the last three, four, five years, uh, maybe mostly because you've seen competition barbecue on television, so you've heard the term money muscle a lot more, and, and you've seen it being sliced off and turned into a box. What the hell is money muscle, and where is it? It's really hard to describe where it's at because you can always say if the bone sets here, it's on this side type thing. But with the left and the right side of the pork butt, I'm going to try to describe it as close as I can. Let's say with the fat down on the table, the the fleshy meat's up at you. If the bone is protruding on the right side and let's say the bottom or, or facing you, then the left side would be where the money muscle would come from. It would be the opposite of the two uh, the two bones protruding. It'd be over on that far side to where it's all muscle and no fat. It, it's really hard to describe. It's, gosh, I, I mean, I don't know of any really great way to say where it's at unless I had a picture to show you. All right. Well, I mean, that's uh, certainly uh, you know better than I'm going to do. That's not saying much, of course. But uh, Mo Kason, let me ask you this. You know what? Let me backpedal real quick, guys, and ask you this as far as the cooking process. We talked about foiling and this and that. Um, when you start out, uh, Mo, answer, go ahead and answer first. Are you cooking in uh, aluminum foil pans, or they just go right on the grate? Um, I cook one in a pan, and, and the one that I'm going to get, uh, my, my money muscle is cooked in a pan, and my uh, pullable butt that I'm going to pull my pieces off, it's, just, it's not in a pan. It's it's on the rack right next to it. Dave, are you cooking pork butts in pans? No, I do not. Okay. So kind of keeping with the money muscle talk, and we'll go back to Mo Kason for this first. Um, and you just kind of alluded to it. So you are cooking one specifically for anything that isn't money muscle, and then you are cooking one specifically for money muscle. That is correct. Okay, uh, Dave, same thing for you. Are you cooking one specifically for Money Muscle and then the other one you're getting all the other pieces from? No. Um, so, <laughs> it, it, I, mean, I, know, I know that was about the answer you expect. I don't turn in nothing but muscles. That's, that's the only thing you turn in? That's correct. So, man, I mean... Certainly, you can't argue with somebody that's you know where you're at in pork. But is I mean, is the money muscle being overused? I mean, are you not getting a true depiction of of what the pork butt is if you're only turning in one aspect of it? I don't think so. I think it's more of a more of an art. Whenever they can open it up 
and there's 12 perfectly sliced, perfectly cooked sliced mussels sitting right there that are identical in shape and size that looks like they could be twins and and facing it. I, I think I think it's, it, they're beautiful mocks. I get a lots and lots of nines on appearance. So, no, I, I don't think it can hurt you at all. I think what can hurt you is you put multiple items in the box and one's not as good as the other. But with two muscles in there... Two with two muscles in there, some judges will look at that and say, "Oh, it's the same thing. I'm only going to take one." And versus think versus thinking, I'm going to take one from each side, thinking that I need two to 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 try to compare the two together. They only take one, so now you you've eliminated the the variables of the downsizing of your points. Uh, Mo, That's let me right. go back to you for a little uh, rebuttal on that one. Since you're probably turning in, you know, some of uh, some of a lot, uh, do, do you understand where Dave is coming from, and, and do you subscribe to that theory uh, to a certain degree? Yeah, Dave is right spot on. Um, I I think I'm going to go back to what I've been doing. Um, I was falling a little bit in pork, and I think what I was doing is I was giving uh, judges too many options. And like Dave said, you know, it, you don't put anything in the box that's questionable. I mean, I mean, meaning that if it's not perfect or near perfect, don't put it in the box. And I put stuff in there because I was dead set on putting three different kinds. You know, I put chopped and I put pulled and I put slices in the box. And maybe the pool wasn't uh, maybe a little over overdone a little bit or whatever, you know, thinking that, you know, they might just grab slices, but you never know. They might take a fork and grab that pool, and uh, and then you're stuck. I mean, and then once they get that in the mouth and if they feel it's overdone a little bit, then you screw yourself. And it's all right. You don't give them no more than what they need. You got to fill that box up, make it look nice, and and I'm I'm going to make the adjustment. My next competition here, I got coming up next week because he's dead on, man. You don't get put nothing unless unless dead on. You don't put it in the box. Uh, Mo, let me stay with you for this uh, question real quick. What type of an internal temperature are you shooting for when it's finished? Um. Well, as I said again, I'm I'm, I'm cooking Berkshire. It's different. I mean, um, I'm saying about um, it's about 180. It's about 182. It all depends, you know. I mean, sometimes I went up to 187, but you think you're gonna take a Berkshire to 196 or 195? Man, you are sadly mistaken because you have <laughs> great much if you do that. Now you can make get away with that on a regular Sam's butt that you get. But you better not do that with no Berkshire. You, you just better not. Dave, what are you shooting for for finished temperature? First off, Craig, I want to say something. Mo, I'm honored that you're willing to change your competition cook on that last comment. Thank you, sir. I'm honored. There you go. Oh, man. Uh, no, man. Dave, you, you're, you're dead on, man. You're dead on, man. There's a reason why you're poor. Is uh you're, you're a big time winner, man? Because you're right, man. Cause I've, I've noticed my scores. I'll get nines on appearance, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, and I know exactly what it is on the after the fact. When I look at the scores, I'm damn it, you know, I should I put that in. I shouldn't put it in, and I did. And you know, now I know. I'm going to keep it more simplistic, man. You know, just make sure I put the right pieces in the box. Dave, before you continue, let me say this: if there's going to be any ass kissing on the show, you're going to do it to me for crying out loud. I have made this forum available for you. 
All right. No, I'm just kidding. Dave, uh, what about the finish temperature? 194. 194. All right. So we're not being too specific there. Uh, I mean, did you ever shoot for anything higher than that, or you've just found over time that's the best finish temp for what you're doing? Yes, I did. I, I cooked uh, 200, 202 before, but 194 is where I like the muscles. All right, uh, Dave, is there anything uh, left in the cooking portion of the show that we have not covered that you do? No, uh, we're all good there. All right, uh, Mo Case on Ponderosa Barbecue. Anything uh, else in the cooking portion that you're not doing? Uh, no, man, it's all good. All right, so let's move uh, quickly into the uh, the post-cook. So after the butt has reached the target temperature, uh, are you looking, especially for the bigger cuts, you know, we kind of talk about this a little bit, but are you looking to hold it for a certain amount of time prior to getting the, the cuts and, and pulling it and getting that box built? Uh, and we'll go to Mo Quezon for that. Are you looking for a certain hold time first? Yeah, I think uh, uh, with pork and any big cuts of meat, or any meat, period, but I think really with big cuts of meat, you, they have to rest a little bit. And um, so that's why my, my uh, I like to have my pork butts done around 9 or 10. And then when I go into Cambro, they're still hot enough. I don't think, um, I think it hurts you if your pork butt cools below 150, 160. I like to, I mean, when I pour my pork butts out, they're still piping hot when I'm just getting ready to slice. And I think that that's a good thing. I mean, it's enough to rest them, but then they're still, like Neil Strada says, you know, I don't want it to slumber. I want it to just still be warm and, uh, and uh, you know, still hot. Because I want to put hot meat in the box. That's uh, pretty funny, don't it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, This whole interview has sounded funny, if we're being honest with each other. Uh, Dave, are you uh, looking for a target temperature? I'm sorry, are you looking for a, a target hold time once the the butt is retemperature? I yeah, I would say I am looking for that hold time. Um, I'd like for them to rest two hours at minimum, but generally they're resting for three. Um, they're coming off between nine thirty, ten o'clock at the latest, and they're not even going to they're going to be opened up just as soon as. I'm done cleaning up for ribs, and then I get started on the pork. So they rest that whole time. All right, Dave, let me stay with you here for this question uh, real quick. Are you saucing, uh, or, you know, after you get your pieces that you're ready to turn in, you've built that box, uh, are you glazing or, or saucing the pork? Are you spraying it with something, hitting it with a little bit more seasoning before you run it in uh, to the judge's tent? We do sauce our pork, but I don't put any more rub on them. All right. Is that what you're asking, Greg? I don't, I'm not following it for sure. Yes, yeah, so we're talking about prior to turning, right? Correct. So once you have, you, okay. you've, you've gotten your pieces and everything. Are you adding anything else to that before you you put it into the box? A sauce, a spray, something like that. Yeah, we do use our sauce, and um, that's what we turn it in with. All right, now, are you cutting that sauce with anything, or is it just the the straight sauce right onto the pork? I cut it with uh, the juices out of the foil. And, uh, Mo, once you get your pork set with what you're going to be turning in, uh, are you spraying it with anything? Are you glazing? you saucing? What are you, what are you doing with that before you put the top down on the box and run it over? Yeah, I do the same thing. I actually take uh, some of my goodness that I've collected in my money muscle pan, and I uh, strain it, and then I add a portion of that, a percentage of that, to my, my competition sauce, and then that's what I sauce with. 
All right, a real quick question before we get to the uh, parting shots segment here. I've asked every panel that we've done here over the last uh, you know month or so, and it comes down to this. Uh, garnish. Right now it sits optional in KCBS. W- would you like to see it either voted in as a mandatory part or just voted off altogether versus sitting around in this optional state? Because if we're all being honest with each other, I can't imagine – you know, Mo Kason and Dave Bosca deciding that they're going to go to a competition with all the money they have invested and then not garnish a box. I mean, that seems unfathomable to me. D- does it make sense for this sanctioning body to finally either vote it in as mandatory since everybody's going to be doing it or vote it out altogether so it doesn't have to sit in this limbo state that it is? And we'll go to Dave Bosca first. I want to start with saying I like garnish. I like to use the garnish to help set the meat up, to help make it present. Sometimes if you do have a blemish on one of the uh, meats, you can use your garnish to help obstruct the, the, the side of that for the appearance scores. That being said, to answer your question outright, I think they should make it mandatory simply because that's what sets KCBS apart from the other um, contest out there. Um, and would you go to a contest and cook without it? I think you're a fool if you think you just going to do four categories and be good at it without a garnish. Um, and those that do, it's just that they need to come by my trailer. I'll show them how to build a box. I have no problem doing that. Um, but I really think that you need to perfect your box without the meat, as long as well as with the meat. All right, uh, Mo Kason, what do you? How do you weigh in on the the garnish being optional right now? I uh, I do believe, and we belong to uh, David. I belong to an awesome sanctioned body, ACBS, and uh, that's what sets it apart from all these other sanctioned bodies. And like you said, uh, I like that uh, be able to put my meat on, you know, the garnish. And like you said, you can hide some blemishes with some of the garnish. The only thing I wish they would do is they would allow any type of green garnish. You know, I don't care if it's endive, red tip lettuce. I understand that they talk about marking and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's... I really don't care, you know, what kind of garnish you have, you know, personally. But I can understand them keeping it to parsley and the non and green leaf lettuce and only. But uh, hell, you, when you do it right, you know, you're not going to really see much of the garnish anyway. So, but uh, you know, I love to use uh, endive or some other kind of stuff that has a little more firmness to it, you know. But that's cool, man. I, I really believe KCBS is an awesome organization, and I, and I like uh, that they do. Do do garnish. I mean, like you said, Dave, you'd be a fool to think that no matter how good your product is, if you're going to put it in four boxes with no garnish, man, I'm telling you, man, and you got uh, a team right next to you that's doing just as good as you are as far as putting out product, and it's laying on a beautiful bed of parsley that looks like a putting green. I'm telling you, man, you're, you're going to you eat with your eyes first. And I'm saying, when you see that, that pork laid out there on that nice green putting green, man, I'm telling you, you're going to sc- you're going to get better scores. You just will. I mean, I mean, granted, it's supposed to be a meat contest, and if I get everybody spread it on a piece of foil, it's going to be it. But I just think it looks really appealing when you have your meat laid out there on that uh, that garnish. All right, uh, Dave, we'll go to you to start the parting shot segment. So uh, this is where I show my appreciation to my guests. Uh, you are 
completely allowed to pimp, promote, uh, tell us about anything that you want as it relates to either you or business or whatever. So, uh, Dave, the floor is yours. Well, thanks, Greg, for, for inviting me on, um, first off. And, Mo, see you down the barbecue trail. Um, I've got a barbecue class scheduled for the last weekend of December in Southern California. It's about halfway full right now. So if you're thinking about it, you need to get with me. We need to get your name on the list and get it paid for so we can hold your spot. Um, I'm working with a friend out there, Tom Emery. He's uh, been our runner. Been, uh, he's going to supply the pit and stuff to where we can just fly out there. And it's going to be tied in with the contest afterwards. So that's something that's going to be kind of fun. Um, we're getting ready for the KCBS banquet. Um, I've been asked to do a little 30-minute segment um, as a presentation there. Um, I'm always trying. I'm trying to take ideas right now what people want to know about and learn about. Um, I can educate myself on what they want to learn, so I can help teach them. Uh, gosh, Greg, uh, we're always coming out with new and different promotions, as you well know. So keep an eye on the website. You don't know what's coming around the corner. That's right. Uh, that's Dave Bosca. ButcherBBQ.com is his website. Uh, Mo Kason, the floor is yours, sir. Rip, I'm uh, glad you uh, asked me to be on, man. And Pleasure. It's an honor, man. Dave, you know, we're good buds, man, and I'll see you down the road. Uh, Big Mo's going to the American Roman Invitational for the first time in my life. Uh, I'm just thrilled to be able to go to Invitational, and I'm also going to the Jack Daniels, baby. First time ever, bucket list contest. You know what I'm saying? Jack Daniels, baby. It's, it's all like a neck bone, man. I'm going to go, I really feel that I can do well down there, man, because, uh, you know, the way I cook and, you know, I cook from my heart. You know, I may not win all the time. I may not, but I, you know, I hang in there with some big boys like Dave and, and I just feel, man, I just feel blessed, man. I'm just thankful. I'm going to be uh, working on a cookbook here, maybe to uh, start this winter. Um, I got an awesome friend of mine that's a photography guy, and he's the guy that does the Pottery Barn magazine shots. And and uh, he's out in California doing some stuff for Sandra Lee. And, and so I'm going to try to put together an old-school real cookbook that's just my cooking, my recipes, me and my wife. And it's not going to be nothing like all glitzy and, you know what I mean, I'm a, I'm a bibs t-shirt and daddy like kind of guy, but uh, it'll be a cookbook that's got my, uh, my cornbread, my collard greens, my black eyed peas, my soul food that I grew up on, and some other uh, uh, recipes that we have developed, a macaroni and cheese, you know, all that good Ooh. stuff, you know, that people enjoy. Uh, you won't find no uh, salmon with uh, blueberry, gooseberry stuff on it, like that. But uh, <laughs> it'll be real food, man. And I'm working on that. All right, that's him, uh, Mo Kason from Ponderosa Barbecue, tenth uh, in KCBS Pork right now. Also part of this panel tonight, Dave Bosca, Butcher Barbecue, third KCBS Pork right now, and eleventh for Team of the Year as it sits right now. Uh, gentlemen, appreciate the time tonight and going over everything. From start to finish as it relates to poor continued success, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Man, thanks, Rick. All right, guys. There they are. Dave Bosca and Big Mo laying it down in regards to pork. Is that the right terminology? Laying it down? I'm going to lay it down later if you know what I mean, ladies. All right, let's wrap up. I know I'm going to be a little late. Hello, everybody. This is 
birthed this ID from Gary Vay near Chuck. Wine Library TV, a.k.a. WLTV, the number one wine show on the Internet. And this is BBQ Center. All right, if we look back to the first hour, we find Sterling Ball joined us. We talked about uh, the King of Smoker. 50 grand prize. That's going to be December 7th and 8th, I believe. BigPapaSmokers.com Sells a lot of cookers, by the way. More than cookers, evidently sells a lot of strings. A lot of strings. Every 30 seconds, I believe. Uh, Thank you for allowing me to pay at least my proper homage to September 11th, 11 years ago. Today. That's what happened. And, of course, thank you to my second-hour guest, Dave Bosco, ButcherBarbecue.com, and Big Mo Quezon, Ponderosa Barbecue, for breaking it down in terms of pork for the competition. That wraps up the competition roundtable, by the way. We might look to do the backyard here coming up next. Uh, if you have raw cast iron, let's help control the rusty grow-grade population. If you use it, once it's starting to cool down, brush it off with a little bit of Pam, a little bit of Crisco, let it burn back in, reseason it each and every time. It'll give you years of rust-free service. And tonight, more than any night during the year, September 11, 2001, I will never forget. You won't either. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Reppy. Good night now.